Good morning, sunshine. It's another great day to be here this morning. Uh, we'll get worship started this morning. With, we, we praise thee, O God. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. God of all. 
sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Oh, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Jesus is risen from the Jesus is risen from the dead. And Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is living in his church. Standing on the promises of God. 
standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to Him eternally by love's strong core, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior, Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for the bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for bringing us out here to this service. Help us clear our mind to help us focus on you as Jamie brings us the message today. Thank you for all that you've given us and blessed us with. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Just a little talk with Jesus. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and broke my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about our troubles, hear our famous cry. Answer by and by, feel a little prayerful yearning, heart unto heaven is turning, find a little talk with Jesus makes him cry. Sometimes my past seems drear without 
I'm going to read um, this morning from 1 John, if you'd like to turn over there and follow along. Read from 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Um, I was thinking about, you know, anytime that you get up here, you always kind of think about what you want to say and uh, talk about, you know, just to kind of help focus our minds. And I was thinking about, you know, things that are coming up and obviously this week uh, coming up, you know, just uh, this is for free, but it's Valentine's Day coming up if you've forgotten about that. Just so, you know, you're welcome. Um, it's in two days. No, but, um, but I was just thinking about, you know, what does that mean, um, specifically in our culture? I mean, it's, it's usually connected to love. It's usually connected to affection, um, either for your spouse or for, you know, a, a parent or something. You know, you connect that to love generally. And so, obviously, um, thinking about the Lord's Supper, you know, you can't help but think about love. You can't help but think about the connection that 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 has to us for, for God um, and, the, and the love that basically this whole thing is about. So I'm going to read uh, from 1 John. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he is in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God for us. God is love. Whoever, lo or whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, but the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen." And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So, I mean, just thinking about that, and not to preach a little sermonette up here, but, you know, the, the whole idea behind us loving God is that we love each other. And that's how we know what that looks like, is that we give love to each other because God has given us that love. And that's how we show love back to God, by loving the people around us. So um, let's give thanks for the bread, and we'll continue through our communion service. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the blessing of being here. Father, we thank you for the blessing of being part of your family. God, we thank you that you are love. 
We thank you that we have no fear of punishment because of your love. Uh, Father, you um, love us so deeply and so purely uh, that you gave your son for us. And I just pray that, um, that that love would be manifest in our life every day, Father, that the way we interact with people, the way we interact with our families, our friends, uh, God, with your church, that we would show that love. Father, that that would, that would bring us together under you. Uh, Father, that would bring a unity about us uh, that only you can provide. Uh, Father, and we would see so many things manifest from that. Uh, God, we would see all the, the fruits that you have to offer to us uh, through your spirit. Um, if we would just learn to truly love as you love us. So, Father, I pray that this morning. I pray that you would, you would bless our hearts. I pray that you would renew our hearts and our minds, that we could follow you closely. Uh, Father, we could see every day what that love is supposed to look like and follow you. Uh, Father, we could follow after your son's example, uh, that we would give up everything uh, to follow you and to be, uh, to be yours. Uh, Father, we thank you for this communion service. We thank you for the remembrance that this is to us, uh, to remember your son, to remember that sacrifice that brings us into your family. I pray that we would uh, never take that lightly. Father, I pray that we would rejoice in that, uh, that we are saved because of you. Uh, we are saved because of your Son, uh, Father, and that is uh, more, than, more than we could ever even imagine, more than we could ever describe. Uh, Father, but we, um, we just thank you. Uh, there's nothing greater that we can say, uh, Father, but help us to live it out uh, greater in our lives every day. Uh, thank you again, in Christ's name, amen. Let's bow again as we give thanks for the cup. God, again, we come to you, uh, Father, and we're uh, just here in your presence, Father, and it's so good. Um, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be among your people, uh, Father, but it's just so good to be with you. And we just pray that, um, we pray that our, our, our hearts would just be restored this morning, Father, for um, for whatever is going on, God, whatever is going on in our lives. Uh, Father, we know there are so many things 
uh, that that pull that pull at us, that that beat us down, Father, that um, consume our thoughts and our 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 energy, Father. But I pray that uh, I pray that this time would be a time of of renewal in you, uh, Father, that um, that we could shake off some of those things, Father, and that we could just get ourselves focused back on you. Uh, Father, it's so good to live in you um, and, and to walk with you. Father, we know that, uh, God, but it's so easy to get uh, distracted by other things. So, Father, just pray that this time is, is a time for uh, just a, a renewal of that. Uh, God, just a recommitment to who you are and to who we can be in you. Uh, Father, just um, thinking about this uh, cup, uh, Father, and what it represents, uh, the, the blood of your Son, Father, that that washes us clean, uh, Father, continually, uh, because we need that grace every morning, Father. We need that mercy every morning. Uh, and I just pray that um, that we would remember that. I pray that when we wake up in the morning, we, we know that that day is a blessing from you, that day is a gift, uh, Father, and that we would we would live that out, uh, God, that we would live that, that gift um, in such a way that glorifies you, uh, Father, that, uh, that lifts you up in our lives, uh, that people around us can see you living through us. Uh, Father, that we would, be, uh, we would be a blessing to you. Uh, Father, I just thank you again for uh, this blood that makes us a family, uh, that brings us into your family, Father, and I just pray that... Um, that we would always seek unity. Uh, God, we would always seek you first. Um, Father, and that we, we would love each other well. Uh, just thank you again in Christ's name. Amen.
Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not my thinking about, I was kind of going through them, and I was thinking about love and joy and peace, and when I got to patience, I thought, man, God has really blessed Sunshine with a lot of patience for dealing with Jamie for so many years. <laughs> so, no, I'm, Jamie's been doing a fabulous job, and uh, I even text him a couple times, and he doesn't really text back, but you guys know how that is. <laughs> but we love you, Jamie, just, just mess with there is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tinted skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great mind. There is a God. He is alive. In him we live and we survive. Created man, he is our God, the 
Someone would like to help me out just for a moment, <clears throat> Jacob Bow. I forgot the, the clicker thing <laughs> again back there. <laughs> Speaking of patience, you give a guy a microphone, he thinks he's funny, number one. I'm trying to think where to go with this, Jared. How many years have I said, show your personality, and that's what you do? I'm just kidding. Thank you, bro. I love you, man. And, uh, and your worship. Thanks for, I'm just trying to kill time right now while Jacob's smooth walking up here. Nice job, man. Oh, the trick. So, um, yeah, this week, um, and you even turned it on for me. Nice. You know what you're dealing with, right? So, oops. Goodness. So, good morning. It's good to be with you all this morning. Sorry about the little bit of, um, yeah, the forgetfulness on the clicker. But it's good to be with you. And if you've been with us, and most of you have, if you're online and you've not been here, um, to be able to be with you, welcome. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Um, so everybody just for a second, you know, Zach's not leading worship to tell you to stand up or do whatever. Would, everybody smile just for a minute for me. Would you? Let's see you. Let's see those pearly whites. Ashley, I can see you over there. And Eli, I can see you between the post bud. And over here, Josh, I can see you. Lisa, Crazy, yeah. Ashley, what are you looking at over there? Look, yeah, there you go. Hey, it's good to be here this morning. I hope you're having a good time. Hope your morning's gone well, and I hope that the worship has been encouraging. We've been going through the fruit of the Spirit with the intent of it causing the genuine life God has called us to. The intent is that it would bear itself up in us, that Jesus would bear himself up in us, that we would live the life he's called us to live. The realest life you can live, the most genuine article that you can be, is to live the life that God called you to live. And so we've been looking at those, and over the last few weeks, as you know, we looked at love and talked about the unconditional, relentless love of God, and His call for us to be unconditional and relentless in our love of others. We looked at joy, and that joy that is not, it's, it's like a happiness, but a spiritual happiness, not happening like the world looks at it. I'm happy because things are happening well for me, but because it's a genuinely produced beauty from God, and I'm enjoying that moment, peace, this, under, this peace that passes all understanding, but deeper than that, his peace he's going to give to us, that even in the most difficult times, everything going weird, or when things are just great, that God called us to settle into him, it's going to be all right, not just peacemakers, but peace lovers, not just peace lovers, but peacemakers, all of the, it's all entailed in that, and in the incredible patience of God toward us, that we would show that kind of patience toward one another, that depth of just going on and on and on, the long-suffering with you, and then kindness, God's loving kindness, the steadfast love, those things that he's called, he's shown us, that we would be those who 
settle into it, and then become it. That's what we did last week. And this week, we're looking at goodness, the goodness of God, right? Um, and the scripture wants to bear that up in us. We're going to back up here just a moment and settle in right here. for just. To, and so when you're looking at the word goodness, when, you, when, when, when God tells us and talks about these things, I think by now we would see that the fruit of the Spirit, um, you, know, you know, what is there, nine of them? Well, I think it would probably be better to look at the fruit of the Spirit like an apple, you know, you have an apple and you have the peel, you know, you can, you can eat the apple, uh, you can eat the peeling of the apple, you can peel the peel, some people eat it. I've heard that it has a lot of uh, teeth cleansing and health uh, properties to it. Uh, you can take the juice from the apple, you can take the apple itself, the whatever the it is of the apple. You know, you got the core, which I don't know, I've watched kids eat the whole thing in amazement. Then you got seeds, and it produces itself over and over and over again. And yes, I've really seen people eat the apple core, and you probably have too, and you scratch your head. And if you're an apple core eater, stop it. There's no reason for that. Just put it in the ground, let it grow more apples, okay? Um, so more like one, maybe, fair to say. Scholars would say, yeah, it's one, but it's multifaceted. So you start to see them kind of blend together in areas, in all areas of life. That's what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control of God in you in all situations. It's supposed to bring it all to bear on every situation. You're not, you're not going click, 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 click. Oh, this needs, this needs a joy. Click, 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 click. This needs gentleness. No, no, no. It, it becomes you. You don't make decisions on when it is brought to life or brought to bear. You just live in it. And so with these nine characteristics, we've been think, saying things like, show me your humanity. Understand that you cannot be real until you just are open before everybody. That's what Jesus didn't come to be God on earth. He came to be God in the flesh on earth. And he did not come and make us gods to rescue us from this situation. He came to join us in our incredible mess. He came and became completely human so he could connect with us. And where those are trying to rise just a bit above humanity so that we won't have to deal with humanity, you don't get that. You are human, and it is your call and my call to wrestle with the brokenness and to love the brokenness and see the beauty in the brokenness. That's what Jesus did. That's who he is, and that's what he does. That's what God does. And so when we just are always spouting off and mad at the world... And then we claim that we are in the image of God. You're not. I'm sorry. And you can say, Jamie said that. Nobody will care. But God cares because it's true. When, you, when you're always mad at the world, you're always angry at everybody, and you're always spouting off, always, you're just living in your personality. You're not living in Jesus. Everybody's mad. Everybody's upset. Everybody's got a smart old mouth. Everybody's critical and cynical and everything else. What God's saying is, I want to develop goodness in you. I want you to look like my son, not like James and John, sons of thunder. I don't always want to call down curses on everybody. I want you to be like my son, the good one. That's what he's called us to. And anything less than that, you're living a fraudulent, fraudulent life. You're living, as we said before, the imposter, the fake. And so that's why he called us to be real. So the word today, we're looking at goodness. The word we would be looking at is 
agathosune. It's the Greek word agathosune. What it captures is, it captures your, the action, okay? This is important. It captures the action, goodness. You say things like, oh, that's a really good man. I saw him help that lady across the street. Oh, that's a really good Christian man. We'll make him a leader. He does nice things, good things. He studies his Bible. He reads his Bible. He's nice to people. But, but, but Agathosune doesn't just cover the deed. It covers the heart as well, meaning... I'm watching the intent of your heart. If you chase it back to Hebrew, the word would be tob, and it's that place in Scripture where God says he causes the rain to fall on the evil and the good. Is that kindness? Is that love? Is that, is, what is it? Yes, it's goodness. He's looking out for everyone always, everyone always. He just causes things to happen so well for us. But this word, you know, it gets even deeper because there's a place in scripture where there's a man, um, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a landowner, he hires some people, you know, he goes early in the morning to hire some men to go work in his, in his fields, in his vineyards, and, and, and uh, gets them there on the job, and you know, a few hours later, you know, he ends up back in the, in the marketplace where he hired the first guys. And when he, when he gets there, he sees some other people uh, work, uh, just hanging out in the marketplace, not working. He's like, hey, why don't you come as well and, and work in, you know, work for me? I'm like, we'll go. Nice. I'll pay you what's fair. He agreed to the first ones, by the way, a little ahead of myself. He agreed with the first ones. He'd pay him a, a denarii, right? That's what I'm going to pay you. I got to, I got to, I got to. I got a payment for you. This one, I'm going to pay you to work. Five bucks. Do your thing. It's not. Those don't translate. I'm just saying. Make the point. So it goes back about noon. Still find some people in the marketplace. Says, hey, go, go work for me. I'll pay you. What's right? And then he shows up about three. Hire some more. And about five. It's almost quitting time. He shows up at five o'clock in the evening. Why haven't you hired yourself to someone to work for them? Nobody hired us, man. Go work in my field. I'll pay you what's right. We use this text a lot of times to tell the story of it's never too late to come to Jesus. It's never, you know, it's too far gone. The scripture's maybe not fair. That's maybe not fair. It's a fair application, but it might not be a fair application. Some think um, he kept going to the to the to the to the uh, to the marketplace because people were so wicked and lazy. But they are. <laughs> he go, he's going to confront those lazy people. I don't know. Someone said and said it well. I think he just kept ending up in the marketplace because he likes people. <laughs> he couldn't stay away from them. He just kept going back and going back. And going back, maybe there's someone else I can hire. Maybe there's someone else I can hang out with. Maybe there's somebody else I'll get to know and we'll be good friends. So I'm going to keep going back and I'm going to keep going back and I'm going to keep going back. And, and this is a difficult story because our, what we bring to this story determines sometimes what we learn from this story. And usually we just learn the same thing. Oh, those lazy workers. It's a good thing for them. God is patient or they would go to hell. And let's be real. 
If you don't have a life in God, if you've not committed yourself to God, there's no reason you would expect to be in heaven with him forever. He's been very clear. You, I, my son died for you. You give your life to me or there's eternal torment. For, not because I want to send you there. Because you don't want to be with me. And so, so people have made the story out to be those who don't want to work. And maybe that's true. But if this is a story about those who don't want to work, it's also a story about someone who will not leave them without money to feed their families and without a job to do because he's going to keep going back and keep going back and keep going back because he's good. He's going to provide help for them. He's not condemning them. He's not calling them lazy and bumbling and worthless and no goods, good for nothings, whatever. He's just going and hire them and saying, let's go to work, let's go to work, let's go to work, let's go to work. I'll pay you what's fair. Here's where the scandal comes in. Five o'clock workers working, I don't know, say cause it quits at six. It doesn't matter because it work at six or because it over at six, seven, eight, or nine. They didn't work as long as the others, and they should not expect and should not be paid if, if we're looking at goodness as the world does. Okay, goodness as, we, as the world looks at it is, is about morally right. And there's a part of that in the biblical sense, a morally right, you're going to do what's right. But Jesus shows us that goodness is far deeper than that in the story. And so he comes in and he's more morally obligated to pay them something. And he's more morally obligated to pay the first workers a denarii, right? And so the, the ones who come in who've worked just a, just a little bit, and he comes in and he's like, hey, drops a bag on him, a little denarii. And the guy's already, you know, five o'clock workers, you know what you're doing. Wait just a second. He just paid those guys what he said he'd pay us. Oh, yeah, and start thinking about vacation, building that extra room on the house, going to get some tires for the car, going to get something for my, you know. And you start thinking about what's going to happen when you get your money. And then the 3 o'clock work is near noon, near 9, and it comes to you, them, who've been working all day long, and he pays them exactly what he agreed to pay them. In this moment, you want to think about your moral uprightness, that good is moral uprightness. And what I'm telling you is if you stop at moral uprightness, there's so many folks in Christianity that guard themselves and will never do wrong. I'm so disciplined. I'll never look at another. I'll never do another. I will not. And Jesus is saying, I don't care. That's all about you. That's not enough. And so those guys are like, wait just a second. That is not right. You're not being morally up. No, I am being morally upright. I gave you what I said I'd give you. Will you, those guys, oh, you're jealous because I'm so generous. Don't I have a right to do what I want with my money? Listen, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and then the scripture. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend, so kindly. Didn't you agree to work for Denarius? Take your money and go. I want to give the one who, has hired, who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am so generous? So the first will be last. Interesting story. You've been doing this all along with a smelly heart. You've just been doing it because you think it's right to do. Well, God sees you. 
And he says it's deeper than that. What this word means is it, it, it's just a really complicated word. It's so powerful. That you would be morally right, that's correct. But in your morality to be right or in your desire to be right, you would also be right from your heart. You know all of those Christians. I just got to get to church. I just got to do what's right. I just got to take communion. I just got to show up. I just got to. And in their hearts, they're like, why do I got to be here? Or it might be the good ones, the really good ones that want to be here. And they get home and they're like, and they see things on TV and they hear about work days and they hear about someone going to serve the needy, the sick, someone's in the hospital. You know what they say? I was at church. I did my work. I took my communion. I even did communion. I led the worship. I preached the sermon. I cooked the dinner. And God's going, you have such a smelly heart. You don't know what goodness really means. Because goodness is good because it, it branches two things together. That your, heart, that your attitude, your, your, that you match your heart. And that your heart matches you. Oh, but it's more complicated than that. It has one more element to it. Generosity. And you see this one missing in so much of what, the, what Christianity has done in the world today. They can match their heart with their actions most of the time, but then they'll, they'll, they'll click out and say, you're getting what you deserved. I go to church. I do things. I even want to be at church. I just don't want to help you. You got what you deserved. You own what you've done. You live in what's happened to you. And Jesus shows up here. It's the same thing with the Samaritan, Right? We'll get there. So this word, agathosune, that your heart is right with God and that God is right with your heart and, and that you also do what you say, you feel what you are, and then you do it in a generous way. It's really deep. It's really powerful. I think if I could call this word what it really is, it's that your, your math teacher, you know, taking that math test, and you're like, man, I see this problem, and you answer, the, or I know this problem, you answer the problem, you answer the problem, and you get done really fast, and you hand it in quickly, and she's like, hey, you got this algebra, where's your work? <laughs> show your work. Remember how they always tell you, show your work, show what you've done. Do, or maybe, I think it's maybe actually more like a fitness watch. <laughs> You know what your fitness watch does for you if you have one? It measures a lot of things. It measures your heart rate, your physical activity, and the, even the, the intent, like how aggressive you are at doing those things. It's even got a place that says, get up and move, lazy. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff attached to it. But the problem is that with this, with this one, with goodness, it doesn't end. I don't have the app on my phone. God has it. <laughs> I, I don't get to read it. God does. So goodness is the test of the fruit of the Spirit that tells just exactly what you are. It tells if you're like Jesus and you're good and there's integrity with you, that your intent, what you do matches the heart of you and that the heart of you matches what you do. But the trick of it all, man, the, the, the prank of it all spiritually is that he's testing it by determining just how generous you are in all that you do. Because he looks at the Pharisees and says, I see you do the right things. You even do it a lot of times from your heart, but you are not generous at all. You hope everybody can be condemned but you. And so if you love Jesus, you love God, 
You love coming to church, it's not enough. <laughs> you can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't do anything to get it. What he's called you to is let the spirit come in you and well you up in a goodness that is so right in him that it becomes all that you do in a very generous way. Oh, wait, 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 with the generous part. <laughs> okay. I've been trying hard to get my heart and my actions right. I, Jamie Riley, I've been trying to get my heart and my actions right forever. But this generous part, did you see that one coming? I'm afraid you'd be lying if you did, because we would look a lot different, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, I know, integrity of faith. I know that my heart and my actions are supposed to be connected, but... Ooh, I'm going to have to go home and think on this generous part. No, you're not. You got to go and think on how I'm going to yield myself enough to let the Spirit develop it in me because it's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. It isn't my plan. It's not your plan. And this whole story is not our plan. It's His plan. And that is a powerful truth that I'm supposed to be good like Jesus is good, not like anybody else was good in my past, in my present, or future. Not my dad, my grandpa, grandma, aunt, church preacher, nobody else. That's not good enough. The cool thing is, is God already knows you're not, and you won't be. But he's working in you. And the real test about that watch is not really how good I am at carrying it out. It's how, how faithful I am to yield it to him to do the work because the truth honestly the greatest truth I could tell you about men and women and women that I see and know through my history is that most of them are living their Christian lives and thinking and, 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 and thinking in their own let me say this again again they're living their Christian lives evaluated by how they think they feel and their personality and their personal strength meaning this if you're kind and generous, you think every Christian ought to be kind and generous. And if you are so soft-hearted and understanding, you think every Christian should be soft-hearted and understanding. And if you are rubber hits the road, black and white, you can't figure out why everybody is going to hell and you're the only one that has the right answers. And if we could just get this right, we'd all be okay. And Jesus says, it isn't about any of your personalities. You're, this is weak. You could join any club and live in your personality. You, can, you don't even get to live in your personality in your marriage because your wife's like, stop it. <laughs> you're getting on my nerves. And your kid's like, dad, you're so overbearing. And on and on. You know how this works. We bring this stuff to the kingdom of God. And God's like, man, I'll tell you what. You've been doing this a long time. And I don't even know who you are. Because you keep living in your own strength. Not in the strength of Jesus. And I need to tell you, as honestly as I could tell you, this story isn't always will be his, all right? It isn't always will be his story. It will never be your story. The only part of your story that this is that you joined into his and allowed him to save you. Now, a couple of scripture here. Let's press through a couple of things and we'll move on just to get ourselves settled in this, okay? Mark 10, 17 through 20, Jesus started on his way and a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God. No one is good except God. You're not good. You don't have the capability, the capacity to be good. 
And the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. So where are you going to get it? You can't walk out of here today and decide you're going to do good things. i got to do some good things. I need my wife and kids need to see me being better. Okay, then yield yourself to the Spirit. Don't run around trying to do things that are good. You know, when you try to build something, uh, I've, I've thought about this, you know, with, with um, I don't know, Don's a great builder. He's good at this kind of stuff. Or, but, but it gets better if we think about kids. You know, when you have a kid and you try to do things and your, your child wants to be there with you in everything you do, and, and you let them for a while, and then you find out this is taking about six hours longer than what it looked like or what it's supposed to take. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? So imagine that, I don't know, a dad was going to build a little shelf or something. I'm not doing this, by the way. I'm not a builder. So, yeah, don't feel sorry for Kristen. Dad's going to build a shelf. Son wants to help, right? And after a while, after a while, dad's like, oh, son, we've been doing this for a week, and uh, we have like 7,000 nails nailed into one board. So uh, we're going to have to start building a shelf. So I'm going to need you now to step back and hand me stuff as I work, right? Right. Says God. God's so patient with us, working with us, being. And eventually he's like, hey, we've got to step into this story a little deeper, okay? And, 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 but, but the son's like, no, no, no. So every time dad steps off to do something, the son undoes everything because he's off doing something else. He unplugs the saw, cuts the saw in half accidentally with, with the, or the cord in half with the shears, whatever. I don't know. But eventually the son's never getting the story. Why? Because sons don't get the story. They don't understand the building process. They're playing with dad while dad's working. And eventually dad has to say, all right, you've cut the cord in half. I've had to put it back together. Uh, duct tape, uh, oh, electrical tape. I know that much. And doing things such like this. And eventually he's like, all right, you're going to have to go in the house for a little bit so I can finish this story. Because you keep getting in the way of things. You can't say that about your son. Yes, sometimes kids get in the way a little bit. You're patient, you work, you love. Then you set the situation so you can finish the job. We know this is true. If you're offended by that, I'm sorry. But we do the same thing with God all the time. God says, I'm trying to develop fruit in you. Oh, yeah, God, well, then I'm going to go, no, 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 stop it. You're just messing things up. You keep thinking you're helping. You're not helping. I'm trying to build something in you, and you keep trying to own you. You don't own you. You don't get to think of ways in man's wisdom. How can I fix this for God? How can I help these people with this problem? No, the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to come up in you, and only God is good. You are not good. You don't have the capacity for good unless the Spirit comes up in you and gives you the capacity to be good. That's powerful. That is a simple truth that we all should know and need to know. And then it goes on to, to this in Romans 8, 28, right? We know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Not all things work together for good for everybody, for everyone, for those who just want good things to happen. Oh, maybe things will work together for good if I'll just try harder and be more committed and more faithful. Maybe if I go to church more, I'll, things will work together for good. No. No, you can show up every day here. But he's calling you to and me to a great generosity. And it presses in here a little bit earlier in Romans 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, while you're thinking for you and you're deciding for you, you're living in your personality and your strengths as you would think they were, you, you can't please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. The life's not up there, but... 
That's on me, right, Jacob Bo? So anyways, <laughs> the, the power of this story is that this is always about God. It's his work. It's him doing his thing. So, so when we watch him cause the sun to rise and the evil and the good, we can easily flip it back to Jesus because Jesus is, the, is God's representation. And what does Jesus do, right? He came from heaven to earth to show the way, born of a virgin, lives his life sinlessly. But in the living of his life sinlessly, he was good all the time. Tell me this isn't Jesus and tell me how it matches up with you. Day in, day out, long days, short days, sun up, sun down, time to go serve somebody else. Yeah, but that's an oozing, gross leprosy sore. That's all right, I'll touch it. Yeah, but she's been sleeping with everybody. That's all right, I love her. Not all right, but hey, I got you, I love her. Go your way, sin no more. Do you know how many times she's been married and all the stuff she's done? Come tell me everything. Some, come meet someone who's told me everything, ever, that, everything about me. Could it be the Messiah? He feeds the, the hungry. He heals the sick. He goes on and on in his life, day in and day out. And while he's going through all of this, walking with disciples who are mad at everybody because they're not like them or they're fighting among themselves or they're tired and sleepy or they doubt him or whatever the story is, like James and John, right? They wanted to call down, right, fire. Yeah, we don't have any of those. I want to call down fire on someone. And Jesus just kept serving them and loving them. And when, he, when that wasn't enough, you know what they decided? He must be good. He won't, do our, he won't do this our way. He won't love our way. We're trying to have those who are in. The Pharisees are like, we, it's got to be like this, the old law. You got to earn. You, you got to be faithful. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You got to trust me. And when they had enough, they put him on the cross. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. The perfect sacrifice who never sinned, though going through all of that. And he raised a third day, right? It's him washing the, 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 the disciples' feet. They come in. They're dirty, filthy. He sits down with them. They sit down. And he gets a towel because nobody's washing. Nobody's going to serve anybody. We're like, man, there's... Those disciples, I cannot believe they had Jesus with them, and they would not, did not. We think like that. Jesus did not think like that. You know what Jesus thought? He thought good. You know what Jesus was? He was good. He got up and puts a towel around him because he's good. He has good thoughts, good feelings about these guys. He has good intentions and a generous spirit. And so he got up and served them, the very ones, and especially Judas, who he was going to die for because he's so generous. Everything they were that was wrong, he took on himself. So if you want to be good, there's a good image. Do well for everyone from your heart and do it generously. If they need someone to die for them, for their sins, you do it. Don't, don't kill them. Don't destroy them. You take it on yourself to teach them, to share with them, to bring them back, to give them hope. Be like Jesus. He's the only, only, only good one. He's the only good one. I was in Honduras early, early on. I didn't know Dudley very well. But I had a, a draw to him spiritually. 
feeding on the street and traffic is rush hour and traffic is bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper all the way down by the soccer stadium down into Camayagüey, just a mess. I have homeless people here at the bus stop we're feeding and working with and they're s sticky and dirty and you know, just like, like you would be if you were homeless. And one of the guys rolls down his window and starts yelling, cussing, yelling, doing a Dudley. What? And he's like, on and on. And finally Dudley walks out into the street because he can't hear what he's saying. He's, what? He said, why are you doing this? He said, why are you doing what? Why are we doing what? What are we doing? He said, feeding those guys. Excuse me. What would you say in that moment? God called us to feed them. The least of these, go down your holy spiel, what your actions are supposed to be. Dudley simply said, because they're hungry. <laughs> Doesn't that crush you? Because they're hungry. I'm not trying to get nothing, man. I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Same Dudley, he came down, brought a... We're almost finished. He brought a whole, you know, brought, a, brought an environmental engineer to, uh, to um, Hovenus and Camino because they're trying to put in a sewage system at the boys' ranch. Flew him down in his own pocket, in his own nickel, some would say. He was coming in while we were there, and we talked about it. He's like, man, I want to work with you guys. He's the, over the Bible. He works in the youth ministry department of Oklahoma Christian. Wonderful, wonderful guy. A lot of you know him and know that to be true. Um... When are you going to be there, Jamie? When are your group going to be there? This day. I'm going to try to be there. We'll work together for a while. It's, he's just a fun guy. Um, everywhere, all the time serving, but, he, but he's doing it from here. And, and so one of, the, one of the cool things that was is really weird, we're working. He, he tells us, you know, what, what, when we're flying in, texts me and says, hey, I'm not going to be able to be there. I was going to come down for a week, but this guy can only come down for a few days, and I want to spend time with him because he's going to write up a plan of how we can build this system, and he's going to help offset the cost and all that stuff. So I definitely want to be with him, but I want to be with you guys. Cool. Amber's like all week long, hey, Dudley's going to try to work this out so you guys can hang out some. Is that good with you? I'm like, it's real good with me. Finally, you know, the next last day we're there, she says, hey, just got a text from Dudley. He's got to fly this guy back out, and it took a lot longer today than they thought. There's no way he can get all the way across town to see you guys, 1.3 million, and get to the airport and do what he's got to do. And just as soon as she said it, Deli came walking in the door of the restaurant. She's like, what are you doing here? He never said a word. He just walked around all the group, pat everybody on the shoulder around the whole table, pat everybody on the shoulder, comes in to me, grabs my hand, lifts me up, hugs me, and says, you guys make such a difference in Honduras. And then turned, love you guys, and walked out the door and took off for whatever he had to do next. You're, you're, the goodness in you, man, the goodness in you puts you on the back seat and puts God and everybody else on the forefront. It is an integrity with integrity with you and God and with you and one another that what I say matches what I do. This is who I am. This is who we are. So this is what we do. Now listen what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're sinless. It doesn't mean you're not flawed and you're not struggling and bumbling along and you're not going to make mistake after mistake after mistake. The difference is you're just honest about who you are. There's the integrity. I'm not lying to you anymore. My motives and my struggling action match. 
I'm no longer feigning to be perfect and right, so you got to get perfect and right. I'm saying I'm trusting Jesus for everything, so you need to trust you. Not so, but and you. But in all of it, it is marked, and the showcase of it all is this incredible generosity toward God, toward yourself, and others. you got to be good to you, man. God did not give you you to be bad to. You're allowed to rejoice. You're allowed to be thrilled. You're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to be good. But goodness is not perfection. It's matching who you say you are and who you are, that you know you. Hey, listen, if you struggle in any way, the elders are going to be on either side of this um, auditorium. They, well, they're going to come forward if you come forward. Sorry, a little bit of a habit there. If you come forward and want to pray about this goodness stuff, they'll walk with you in it. We're all struggling to become more like it, right? And who knew about that generous thing? Trick. Got a little step further. Um, but if you're not giving yourself to Jesus, if you're not, if you're not died to yourself and allowed yourself to be immersed into him, you remember the story, that great gospel story of Jesus and what he was when he was here, who he is now that he's at the right hand of God. He is so good. And in his goodness, he will save you. One of our elders will immerse you into Jesus today. If you're online and you have not uh, done any of this or you need help with any of this, you just call one of the elders, Tim and myself, we'd help in any way at all. But from... But from you know, you personally, to your marriage, to the life of the church and the community, man, God has called us to be good, to be good. But good's not what you thought it was. It's so much more rich and beautiful. Whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing? Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be.
Good morning, sunshine. It's good to see everybody out here today, this bright, sunny, unusual uh, February day. It's great weather for this time of the year. It's good to see you all out this morning. I'm going to cover a couple of things that affect this congregation uh, personally here <clears throat> before we cover some of the other things. First of all, we want to extend our sympathy and, and our thoughts to Esther and the family at the passing of Jean. Um, Jean's a longtime member here at Sunshine, and I have a lot of fond memories of him and uh, different different situations that we've been in. And the other one's Gene Reisner. We want to remember uh, Gene as he recuperates. He's in uh, SOMC in the rehab unit and uh, is progressing uh, pretty well from his uh, stroke. So we want to remember him and the family and keep them in our prayers. A couple other things we want to note, the Winterfest, uh, that's coming, coming up shortly. February 17th through 19th. If you're interested in that, see the appropriate people there. And then uh, the, the, uh, on March the 12th, a few days away from now, but we need to be uh, thinking about it, we have a guest speaker, uh, John Paul Sochecki. And uh, we'll have a dinner after, that, uh, after he talks to us on March the 12th. And the uh, meat and drink will be provided, but we ask you to bring the other dishes. And uh, you guys always come through uh, flying colors on that. So keep that in mind. And another important thing here is the home groups, uh, March the 19th. We have a few signed up back there on the, the Welcome Center, but we need uh, we need about eight, eight or nine different homes to participate in that. And uh, this congregation is always noted for waiting until the last minute, you know. Uh, you come over here about almost time for church to start and you think there ain't gonna be anybody here. And then the cars all zoom in. <coughs> and it's, <coughs> it's about, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> about the same way with these home groups. You get two or three signed up early and then we're, we're begging people with the last minute. So please, uh, if you're interested in doing that or you can provide a home, uh, do it now so we can plan. Uh, I don't think that, uh, that I had anything else I wanted to, to mention. If you'd stand with me, we'll, uh, we'll be dismissed. <clears throat> Father in heaven, uh, you're, you're so good to us, and uh, please we ask you to, that we would keep that in mind uh, every hour of every day that we live here and appreciate the things that you do for us. And uh, before, we, before we leave and dismiss and go our separate ways today, we ask you to be with Esther and the family and, uh, and comfort them at the passing of Jean. And we ask you to be with the Reisner family, and, and uh, we thank you for the improvement that we see in, in uh, Gene and his recovery. And we just ask you to continue to be with, with that situation. Be with each one of us as we leave. Uh, help to encourage us and keep us, uh, keep us on the right 
path. Thank you for Jesus and all that he means to us. And it's his name we pray. Amen.